to the show now. I encourage you to pass it on to your friends. You know, the show is, is downloaded in archives after we broadcast live on Wednesdays at 4 o'clock Eastern. And uh, so people can listen to it any time. And uh, I want you to spread the word out because I try to get a lot of significant information out during these shows. There's a lot of important things happening, obviously, in our country and around the world. And uh, we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it from a constitutional perspective. And a lot of people I know have uh, said to themselves, well, we won the election, the Republicans control Congress, Republicans control the White House, and uh, so, you know, we don't have to worry about the Constitution or implications of what Obama was doing and what the Democrats want to do. Well, that's not true. We absolutely have to continue worrying because things, <clears throat> as far as the Democrats are concerned, have not slowed down. They may not be in control of the White House like they thought they would be. They may not be in control of the Senate like they thought they would be. But they are doubling down on using propaganda to influence the people in this country, and especially our young people, especially our students. And they're doing this in, in a number of different ways, uh, and they're breaking the law when they do a lot of it. In fact, that's the title of my uh, latest blog post, which I actually posted last night. <clears throat> Those of you that subscribe, I have already been notified about it, and I also posted on my fake Facebook page, but apparently my postings of my blog on my Facebook page are being blocked to a certain extent by Facebook, because when I post something innocuous on Facebook, as, uh, we get anywhere from 30 to 100 uh, likes and responses. When I post my blog, I used to get that kind of response, but not only more. Lately, I get as little as a half a dozen. So that's an indication to me that Facebook, which is known for trying to censor conservative political thought in this country, is doubling down to try to control what we say and how we say it. And this, of course, is something that's really concerning to me. So if you want to read my latest blog post, go to www.michaelconnelly.com. And there you can read all of my blog posts that have been posted over the last eight years. And you can send me an email at the email address on the blog. Send me an email and let me know if you want me to put you down as a subscriber. Now, what that means is that not that you're going to get a whole bunch of forwards from me. I don't do forwards uh, to that list. You're not going to get a, a whole lot of nonsense from me. Uh, you won't get any jokes. Some of them are so good I'm tempted to send them out. You will get simply a notification every time I post a new article on my blog. And you will also, in that email, get an attachment of the actual article. That way, you can go ahead and post it on your Facebook page. And the one I posted last night, apparently it's all over Facebook at this point. 
which is interesting because they're blocking me. I wonder if they're blocking other people who are trying to post it. But you'll get a notice of that and can use that attached copy of the article to any way you see fit. You have, I give everybody the right to repost my articles, to comment on them, to forward the emails that they're in, and that way a lot of people get to hear what I've got to say. And a lot of people appreciate it. I've had, uh, on that, that blog, I'm well over one and a half million hits. And when I post a new article, I usually, just on the blog itself, will get two or 3,000 hits within a few days. And that means a lot of people are reading it, and a lot of people are forwarding it on and passing it on. And so, you know, we're trying to get the word out. Now, this latest article called Breaking the Law, I had been asked if I believe that in the unprecedented opposition to the presidency of Donald Trump, some Democrats and other so-called progressives are breaking the law. Well, as a staunch supporter of the Constitution, and you know that if you listen to this show regularly, I support the right to free speech, freedom of the press, and the right of the American people to peacefully assemble and petition the government for redress of grievances. So I would have to say that in most cases, if that's what Democrats are doing, if they're using their right to free speech, freedom of the press, or to peacefully assemble, then no, they're not breaking the law. They're exercising their constitutional rights. Whether I agree with what they're saying or not, that doesn't matter. They have a right to say it. And that's something I have always defended. And interestingly enough, it's been over the years, things have evolved considerably from the way they used to be. It used to be that I could disagree with people who were Democrats. And that didn't mean we hated each other. That didn't mean we tried to shut each other down. That didn't mean we tried to deprive each other of our constitutional rights. That just meant we disagreed. I can remember when I was in college at LSU, I was the chairman of the Young Americans for Freedom at chapter for a while, then became state chairman for Louisiana. I was also chairman of the the college Republican organization on the campus. And they had something called Free Speech Alley at uh, LSU. There was a, a set of steps between the union, student union, and the union theater. And they would bring a soapbox out every Wednesday at noon, and they would put that soapbox down there, and anybody could get up there and talk about whatever they wanted to talk about. Well, there were two of us that were there all the time. I was there in my capacity as a conservative leader, Republican leader, and a friend of mine was there as the head of the Young Democrats. Now, that would sound odd today for me to say that this was a friend of mine, but in fact, we would get there, uh, get up at Free Speech Alley, and I would say that his ideas were ridiculous, and he would say that my ideas were ridiculous. We would argue about policy, we would argue about candidates. And uh, we'd go back and forth and back and forth, not insulting each other, except sometimes in a, in a humorous way, and picking on each other. But then after all was said and done, we go into the student union and have a beer. I'd buy the first round, he'd buy the second, or vice versa. We were friends, and we remained friends for years, 
And interestingly enough, after he graduated from college and got out in the real world, he suddenly became a conservative Republican. But the fact of the matter is that the discourse was civil. We had disagreed with each other, and there was no animosity there. Unfortunately, that's not the way it is now. And the left is using the concept of political correctness to harass and shut down anyone who dares to disagree with them. This is happening particularly on college campuses where students are being punished by left-wing professors and administrators for saying anything that they disagree with, even supporting a political candidate that the left-wingers disagree with can lead to sanctions against the students. It's also being carried to the extreme where students and faculty attempt to keep someone they don't like from making a speech on a college campus. And they resort to, resort to violence, not just demonstrating, but they've even physically attacked the speakers. There was an interesting situation here just recently where a speaker at a college was a, a shut down and attacked for being a racist when, in fact, he was a, a, a scholar, a very good writer, someone who had uh, no racial tendencies at all and, in fact, was an advocate of various races and, and their their intelligence level and how they were, were losing out on opportunities in this country. But that wasn't what the propaganda organ said. So there was violence, the speaker was attacked, and one of the professors of the university, a woman, was actually attacked by the demonstrators too, even though she was there as one of them, and her hair got pulled and she got slapped around. And she wrote a letter to the New York Times. Now, think about this. She gets attacked by left-wing students. She is a left-winger. So she writes an article to the New York Times, not lamenting the fact that someone was not allowed to have free speech, not lamenting the fact that there was disruptions and violence by left-wing students, but instead said that this was all the fault of Donald Trump, that her being attacked by her allies was somehow the fault of Donald Trump. That's how stupid things are getting out there. But that type of activity is criminal act. That is breaking the law. When you attempt to silence someone on the other side by using intimidation tactics, by using violence, then you are breaking the law, and people should be prosecuted. The Constitution provides Americans with the right to peacefully assemble. And the operative word there is peacefully. Millions of Americans oppose the policies of President Obama and the Democrats when they were in control of Congress. Americans were appalled by the passage of Obamacare. That was done in secret by the Democrat-controlled Congress. And isn't it interesting today how they're, they're demanding that they know everything about the proposed Republican legislation, which has been posted on the White House website and on various other websites for people to read, the repeal of Obamacare. And yet the Democrats and specifically Nancy Pelosi, said, we're not going to show anybody what's in this Obamacare proposal, this Affordable Health Care Act. We're going to pass it in secret in the middle of the night 
without the Republicans even there or having the opportunity to read it. <clears throat> and then if you want to know what's in it, you can read it after we pass it. Well, you know, now it's become a disaster. But Americans at that time, a lot of people knew it was going to be a disaster. In fact, the original article I wrote for my blog, which actually led to the creation of the blog, was about the proposal. I had read, I was probably one of the few people that read the original 1,100 pages of House Bill 3200, which was the original proposal. <clears throat> of course, it later was changed to a Senate bill, and the, the final version was 2,700 pages long, and I read it too. And I wrote an article about it, and I sent out an email with the article to friends, and that email caught fire. And thousands and thousands, millions of people read that email. Well, the estimates are that some 25 million people read that email. And that led me to start the blog. So I started the blog, and I watched what happened when people who disliked what Obama was doing started taking to the streets. And we'll talk more about that after this break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare. Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. But, you know, we remember the American people, billions of them, forming groups like the Tea Party, 
and other grassroots organizations and coming out on the streets and demonstrating against Obamacare and demonstrating against other policies of the Obama administration and the Democrats. And, of course, we were called racist. Uh, I, was, I can't tell you how many times that I received emails from people or comments on my, on my website about how I was a racist for daring to oppose something that Obama was doing. Now, I never mentioned his race in, in any of my blog posts. I never opposed any of his policies on the basis of his race. I opposed them because I thought they were wrong and continue to think they're wrong. But that didn't stop me and other Americans from being accused as racist. Uh, you know, one of the most famous photo shop situations I ever saw was right after the demonstration started against Obamacare. There was a Tea Party demonstration out in Arizona, and it was legal to have open carry of firearms. And there was a man there at the demonstration who had a rifle slung over his shoulder. And the national news media went absolutely crazy. Here was this, according to them, here was this armed white guy, a racist, who was out there demonstrating against Obama and threatening all black people because he was carrying a, a weapon. Then it turned out that the photo they were showing had been cropped to keep you from seeing the face or the arms of the person because, in fact, the person that was carrying the rifle and demonstrating against Obamacare was a black man. But that didn't change the narrative. All of us were still racist. But you remember the demonstrations by the Tea Party? You remember that thousands of people would show up they would be carrying American flags. They would be carrying flags like Don't Tread on Me, which has virtually been banned now uh, throughout the country, just like the Confederate flag. And they carried signs opposing Obamacare or some other policy of the Obama administration. They made speeches. They made fiery speeches. They expressed their disapproval of what was happening in our government, in our country. But what did they not do? They did not attack anyone out there who disagreed with them. There was no physical violence at these demonstrations. Tea Party members did not set fire to automobiles or stores or trash cans or police cars. They did not break windows. They did not loot. They did not assault police officers. They simply exercised their constitutional right to peaceful assembly. Now, let's fast forward to the demonstrations that we've had, not only since Trump was elected president, but while he was even running for president. We had violent demonstrations, anything but peaceful. They often included physical attacks on Trump supporters, they included destruction of private property. They included the breaking of windows and cars on storefronts. They included fires being set. And they were strong assaults on the freedoms 
of everybody else in this country. Yet, they were not condemned, even though it became known that some of these people were being hired by prominent Democrats to go out and do these demonstrations and even commit acts of violence. They were being encouraged, even by the liberal mainstream media, to engage in destructive acts. And this continues to be encouraged. The latest move comes from the ACLU, which, of course, is right now involved in litigation against the new travel ban. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. But the ACLU has formed a group, and I'm going to be monitoring this carefully because this is very dangerous. They are trying to encourage freedom cities. This is what they call it cities where illegals not only get sanctuary but are protected by local authorities from being removed from the country or even being prosecuted for crimes they've committed in this country. I mean, they want to pressure and they're encouraging people to pressure local authorities to not cooperate with federal authorities or even state authorities, when they come to the city to try to arrest somebody who is an illegal criminal. And, of course, let's face it, folks, and this is the reality that nobody wants you to talk about, nobody wants any of us to talk about, that if you are in this country illegally, you have already become a criminal. You have violated our immigration laws. Therefore, you are a criminal and are subject to arrest and deportation. ACLU wants to protect those, not only those people, but people who have, may have committed crimes in this country. Crimes like rape, murder, being a pedophile. They don't care. And the resulting protection of these people is making these cities unsafe for ordinary American citizens. Tell you what happened in Houston just a couple weeks ago. We had three gang members, violent gang members, from El Salvador who were here illegally and had been, I understand, all three deported at one time, but they come back. And they were staying in Houston because Houston is a become a sanctuary city. They kidnapped two teenage girls held them for over a month, raped and tortured them, and finally murdered one of them in a satanic ritual. Where is the outcry about this? This is happening all over the country. We had a recent situation where a young woman, a mother of three, was killed by an illegal in a DUI accident. And this guy had been deported five times from this country, yet kept coming back in and was in a sanctuary city, so the feds were not going to get any help deporting him. And now we even have the, what I contend, contend is a criminal conspiracy involving not only the national news media, not only the sanctuary cities, but also politicians like former Attorney General Loretta Lynch, 
who has called for people to take to the streets, bleed, that's her word, bleed, and if necessary, die to bring down the Trump administration. If that isn't a call for violence, I don't know what is. And these comments were contained in a video gleefully released by Senate Democrats. And this is a former Attorney General of the United States under Obama, Loretta Lynch. And she's calling for violence. Now that fits the classic definition of sedition. And that was included in the 1918 Sedition Act passed by Congress that prohibited disloyal, profane, scurrilous, or abusive language about the U.S. government, about our flag, or about our military. And this was during World War One. This case was heard by the Supreme Court when it was challenged, as the law was. And the law basically upheld, it was basically upheld by the Supreme Court. <clears throat> Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes made a famous dissent, which later became the basis for looking at cases like sedition. And said that the law should only be applied if there is clear intent to create a clear and present danger of immediate criminal action by somebody. So in other words, you didn't just arrest somebody for saying something that you didn't like. You didn't arrest somebody for demonstrating. You didn't arrest somebody for protesting. But if they were trying to create a criminal act, if they were encouraging others to create, to engage in criminal action, then that's sedition. Well, that's exactly what Loretta Lynch has done. And that's exactly what many of the Democrats and other progressives are doing. I, I have always agreed, being a constitutionalist, that the position taken by Justice Holmes was the correct one. And it should be encouraging criminal activity. But there's more than just the sedition laws that are in play here. There's also the laws against treason. The definition of treason is in the Constitution, and it's fairly simple. And that is providing aid and comfort to the enemies of the United States. Now, when someone in our government releases information that threatens our national security, that provides aid and comfort to our enemies. And it's treason. It doesn't matter if the information is given to ISIS or a foreign nation like Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, etc., or the WikiLeaks or the New York Times. It is still treason because it endangers American lives and provides aid and comfort to our enemies. And if the New York Times publishes this type of leaked information, knowing that it's going to put American members of our military, then they are, in effect, committing treason. We have to consider the implications of what's happening in this country right now. Are these people breaking the law? Yes, they are. They're breaking multiple laws. 
And it's time for people to be punished for breaking our laws. It's time that they pay the piper. If they want to flout the law and say, okay, I don't have to obey the law because I'm a Democrat or I'm a liberal or I'm a member of the news media, that's nonsense. We'll talk more after this break. I keep getting that I have no Internet here on my phone. Do you have problems with sinus pain and pressure? Do other people smell things that you don't? Have you lost the joy in eating because food just doesn't taste like it used to? Is your nose always stuffy no matter what you do? Maybe you have sinus or nasal polyps. These are generally benign growths that occur from chronic sinus infection or allergies that are either undertreated or have not been treated at all. At Peachtree ENT Center, we specialize in minimally invasive balloon dilation sinus surgery and correction of a deviated nasal septum and turbinate reduction surgery that can be done in the office. We use a state-of-the-art equipment so that you can see the problem. You will be a partner in your care, and together we will decide the course of treatment. We believe in old-fashioned medicine where we take the time to fix the problem, not just medicate the symptoms. You can rest assured that all options will be offered before surgery is recommended because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Radio, join me every week as we explore all aspects of home and family defense as we strive to defend the ones we love in an ever-changing and volatile world. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You know, there's something else that has to be considered here when we're talking about breaking the law. Everyone who works for the federal government takes the same oath of office, essentially the same oath of office. Sometimes the wording is slightly different, but the intent is always the same. And that's the same oath of office that I took as a member of the military, to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now, as I've said before in this program, that oath never expires. Loretta Lynch took that oath, and just because she's no longer Attorney General, the oath didn't expire. Anybody who takes that oath, whether they work as a civilian employee of the federal government, or an elected member of the Congress, or someone who is on the bench, part of the federal judiciary. There are criminal penalties for violating that oath. Criminal penalties 
in federal law that basically say that if you violate your oath of office and you do something to denigrate the Constitution or to potentially damage or destroy our constitutional republic, you can be fined up to $10,000 and put in jail for up to a year for each time you do this. We're looking at people doing this every day out there. Members of Congress, federal employees, members of the judiciary are violating their oath of office. Now we have people out there like I must take exactly what happened last night. And, of course, Rachel Maddow, who I despise, came off looking like a total idiot. But she did all this hype about, I've got one of Donald Trump's tax returns. And we're going to make it public. And you're going to see all these bad things about Donald Trump. And she hyped this and hyped this on social media at the beginning of her television show. And it turned out what she had was two pages of his 205, 2005 tax return, which basically showed that he made $153 million that year and paid $38 million in taxes, which was approximately 25% of what he made. Big deal. It's meaningless. It didn't prove that Trump accepted money from the Russians or had any dealings with the Russians. It didn't prove any of that, and didn't prove what the Democrats have been trying to drumbeat into our heads ever since Trump got the nomination, and that is he's somehow been evading taxes over the years. But what's lost in all the shuffle is the fact that Rachel Maddow supposedly got this tax return from another reporter who supposedly went to his mailbox and found it in his mailbox. The question is, who mailed that tax return to the reporter? Whoever did that committed a felon under federal law. They violated the federal law that does not allow the IRS or anyone else to release tax returns. So somebody out there has committed a violation of federal law. And that's what we have going on continuously in this country. Violations of federal law. So go to my article, www.michaelconnelly.jigsy.com. Copy this article. Send it on to your friends, people that you know, and let them see exactly what is happening here. I've already gotten a lot of good comments about it. I've gotten a lot of people looking at it, a lot of, hundreds of people apparently reposting it on Facebook. And you have permission, my permission to do all of that. And subscribe to my articles, to my blog. I'm setting up a new system, trying to get it set up. 
that will allow you to subscribe online automatically. But for the meantime, you can subscribe simply by going to my website. And the website, by the way, is on the America's Web Radio website in my show site, Our Constitution. You can find my email then. You can find the, you can find the link to my blog site. And there you can find my email. And just email me and say, please add me to your subscription list. And you will, as I said earlier, get notifications of every time I post a new article. And I'm going to be posting quite a few of them. Because I'm, I'm doing some different work now. I'm no longer the executive director of the United States Justice Foundation. That uh, was a temporary appointment, which actually lasted about two years longer than I thought it would last, until they were able to find a someone who was willing to move to California, or who lived in California, was willing to work work there, and I wasn't willing to move to California, so I became executive director while I was living in Texas, and I did all the traveling that needed to be done, all the radio interviews and everything. But now they found somebody who, who is a litigator who will be there full-time in California, and that's great. It's a fine organization. But I'm, I'm looking for other things to do, and I'm going to continue my blog. I've got my five books out there, including my patriotic novel, Lewis one called The Rag, my other one called Amiyale, A Story of America, the book about my dad's unit during World War II, very popular book, The Mortarman. And I've got uh, two books of basically ghost stories, campfire stories out. Other than that, I've got my little booklet, Our Constitution, which you can order through my website or order through the website at www.constitution.jigsy.com. And you can get it for like $6. The disease of addiction. In fact, uh, on my my website right now, all of my books, if you order directly through me, which I like because, I, frankly, I make a lot more money if you order through me than order them through Amazon or Barnes & Noble. But by the way, the book of our Constitution is available as an e-book on both of those websites, and we're getting a lot of orders, particularly on, on uh, Barnes & Noble for that book and other of my books who... Amazon is no longer offering them as e-books. They've decided that I'm politically incorrect. They haven't gone so far as to ban all my books, but uh, they won't sell them as e-books. So you can get all of them as e-books through uh, Barnes & Noble. But you can order them directly from me as paperbacks if you go to my website and I've just put everything on sale. So you can save some money if you want to do that. But in the meantime, keep up with what I've got to say because I'm going to be getting involved with the, uh, organizing a new nonprofit and looking for people to get involved. And this nonprofit is going to be primarily designed to fight for our children, to protect, protect our children from being silenced by people at their schools, people at their communities, and to protect them from getting nothing but political propaganda. That's one reason that we have sold thousands and thousands of copies of the little books of our Constitution, because I'm making them available at very reduced price, a book for quantities ordered to give out to schools, to school children. 
And uh, a few years ago, we when it first came out, we had 500 copies ordered by a Rotary Club in South Texas that gave it out, the copy out to each of the juniors coming into school, starting the school year in six different school districts. And they're still giving them out. He just con- I just got a contact the other day indicating that they were still giving these out to students. And so if you want to get a large quantity of them, then look at the website, but contact me directly about the price because I can make you, if it's for schools, for students, I can make you a special price, which is basically just slightly above cost. We need to protect our kids. We need to let them know that they have a right to freedom of speech. Even if their professors on college campuses don't like it, they still have the right. And with this new nonprofit, we're going to put out more information for students around the country. We're going to put out more booklets, uh, one specifically about the uh, Declaration of Independence and the history of our country, how it came about. And because we're not being taught our history either. <clears throat> Certainly not being taught about the Constitution. So we're trying to get this information out, and I'm going to be putting information about that on my blog as we get started. Because we're just now putting together the corporation, the board of directors, and everything. And we'll be filing the proper papers the next week or two. And then I'll be putting out more information about how you can become involved and, and how you can help if you want to. But let's go on to something else right now, and that's something that right now is the subject of a federal court hearing as we speak and another hearing coming up later today. And that's the travel ban, the newest version of the Trump travel ban. Or if you're a liberal, you say, oh, it's a ban on Muslims, and we have to protect Muslims at all costs. If you're a Christian or you're a Jew, you don't have any rights. But if you're a Muslim... You are the perfect person, and you need to be protected and be allowed to do and say whatever you want, and travel wherever you want. Well, we know what happened in the first travel ban, and I put an article on there about judicial tyranny, which is what happened with the first travel ban. Because understand this, the Constitution does not say a whole lot about immigration law. It basically says that Congress has the sole authority to make the rules of naturalization, and the courts have held that that implied in that, of course, is immigration, since that's the first step towards naturalization. The Congress makes the laws, and then the president is required to enforce the laws made by Congress. It doesn't say anything about the courts being involved. Let's go ahead and take our final break and talk more about this in a minute. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. 
They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You know, the left likes to call Islam the religion of peace. Well, if you study the history of Islam, it has never been a religion of peace. In fact, it really is not a religion at all. It is more a political movement, a social movement, that basically wants to subjugate and punish anybody that doesn't believe in what it believes in and that doesn't believe it's okay to make slaves, virtual slaves, out of women, allow them to be killed by men for virtually any reason. Islam has always been at war with somebody. If they haven't been at war with Christian nations, they have been at war with each other, the various branches. So Islam is not a, a religion of peace. The Koran, this version of the Bible, calls for the killing of non-believers, the butchering of people who do not accept Islam. And we have, let's face it, acts of violence committed somewhere in the world almost every day by Islamic jihadists. And we have had acts of violence committed in this country by either people who have come here from other countries as refugees or just sneaked in across our border or they were radicalized here and they've committed acts of violence even though the left tries to deny that this has ever happened we're not supposed to pay attention to San Bernardino we're not supposed to pay attention to the Boston Marathon bombings or even to the attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. We're just supposed to forget about all of that. We're supposed to ignore the fact that there have been numerous terrorist attacks by Islamic jihadists in European countries. We can't ignore it. And the President of the United States didn't want to ignore it because... He has listed seven countries out there, actually six in this new order, that are predominantly Muslim, but there are 40 countries predominantly Muslim that aren't listed in the order. These are countries where there is almost no vetting of anybody or no way, way to vet people that are trying to come into this country, either as tourists or as refugees 
And the reason is, in places like Syria, the government is under siege. And in Libya and Somalia and Yemen, there virtually is no government. So if somebody wants to come from one of those countries, we have no idea, no way of determining if they pose a potential danger to the people of the United States, if they're coming over here to commit acts of terrorism. And we're entitled to vet people coming into this country. In fact, the Congress of the United States, which is I pointed out before the break, has the sole authority to regulate immigration in this country. The Congress years ago passed legislation that gave the President of the United States full authority to block people as a group from coming into this country. And they could, he could make that determination on the basis of their country of origin, on the basis of their religion, on the basis of anything that he thought potentially made these people a danger to our country. Jimmy Carter did it to Iran. He blocked everybody from Iran from coming into this country for months following the seizure of our embassy there. And there was no outcry from the liberals. They were fine with that. That was a Democratic president. But now they're screaming bloody murder because Trump is doing essentially the same thing. And he's using as a list of countries, dangerous countries, he's using a list prepared by Obama during his administration. And he is entitled to do this legally and constitutionally. And yet a federal judge made a totally erroneous ruling on the first ban, in which, number one, he said that no one had ever been, had ever committed an act of terrorism in this country who was a refugee from one of these Muslim countries. Or an immigrant from one of them. Actually, there were 24 instances that we know about. Of course, he's a federal judge. He doesn't need to be factual. He doesn't need to speak the truth. He just needs to do whatever he wants to do to further his liberal agenda. So he struck down the travel ban. Then it went to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which upheld him striking it down. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals <laughs> is made up almost entirely of left-wing judges that uh, have been appointed mostly by left-wing presidents, liberal presidents, and it is reversed. Its decisions are so out there that it is reversed by the Supreme Court 80% of the time, much more than any other court of appeals in the country. Well, now we have the new travel ban, which the left continues to call a Muslim ban. So what? I just pointed out that under the authority of federal law, the President of the United States has the right to ban people from certain countries, and if they're predominantly Muslim countries, that doesn't matter. Even if he wants to ban them on the basis of their religion, it doesn't matter if he can show that there's a threat. But this is not a Muslim ban, and... 
Trump saying during his campaign that he wanted to ban Muslims, at least temporarily from this country, is not in itself evidence that this is what he's doing. But again, I say even if it is what he's doing, it's not unconstitutional, it's not illegal. And states like Hawaii and Washington and Oregon, your far-left states, where they have most of the sanctuary cities, and California has become a sanctuary state, and they basically allow people to murder American citizens at will and be protected. They don't care about the Constitution, and they have no standing to be in federal court. So what if somebody's grandmother is delayed for 90 days from coming into this country because she can't be properly vetted? So what if some student who doesn't have a visa but just wants to come here and be a student has to wait 90 days before they can do it? Until we can find out who that student really is, we have a right to protect ourselves from potential terrorists. So they, they're having a hearing right now, and the claims being made by the, the liberals is just totally ridiculous. It's going to affect tourism. Since when does tourism trump national security? Since when is tourism more important than keeping Americans safe? from acts of violence. For the liberals, that's the most important thing. That's why they push for the sanctuary cities. That's why they push for the sanctuary states. They're after a particular voting bloc in this country. They're after people, Hispanic, or a lot of Hispanics voted for Trump, because a lot of Hispanics came here legally and went through the legal process, and they resent people coming in illegally and getting all kinds of benefits and being protected after they've broken the law. But it's also protecting Muslims. It's also protecting people from other countries that are coming here illegally and committing crimes. Protecting American citizens is more important than protecting tourism more important than protecting income, exorbitant income for the most part, of universities in Washington State. who say, oh, we're going to lose money because we can't allow someone from Libya to come in and be a student here. That's not what the law says. But how many people are coming from Libya at this point to be students in Washington State? I would say you could probably count the number on one hand, the fingers of one hand. Just, Libya is just chaos right now. So there's a lot going on. By the way, I want to close today by talking about <clears throat> Ashley Judd. This is one of those spoiled Hollywood elite actresses who has, I, I frankly think she's mentally unbalanced, so do some other people. But she went crazy about Trump being elected president, called him a Nazi, called everybody who voted for him a Nazi, etc. She's at the University of Kentucky basketball game the other day. And a fan of hers comes up and starts talking to her and gets her autograph, gets the picture taken with her, 
and then he says something about, you know, we like Donald Trump. Well, she goes ballistic. She claims to have been traumatized by this. She is demanding on her Facebook page that there be safe spaces set up at sporting events and other places, apolitical safe spaces, where essentially, if you don't agree with her far-left views, you cannot sit near her. You cannot sit in the same area as her. Can you imagine going to a college basketball game and being asked if you're a Republican or a Democrat and being assigned to seats based on that? That's the kind of loomies we have out there. But keep up with this sort of thing on this radio show and on my blog at www.michaelconnelly.jigzy.com and order copies of my books and copies of my book of the Constitution. And I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Thank you for listening in. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.